Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, as you are making your way uh, back to your seats and getting situated, We're continuing our study, <coughs> excuse me, and this is not a COVID cough, this just happens every Sunday, I think it's just a nervous cough. Uh, we're continuing our study walking through the book of Ezra, and I just want to recapture where we're at so we're all on the same page, because a lot of people, as we're going to see, they look at some of the teachings, Old Testament, say it's not relevant to our life, but this could not be more relevant uh, than what we're going through today. So uh, first and foremost, there was a proclamation made by uh, a, a man named Cyrus, who was king of uh, uh, the Medo persian Empire. Uh, he said that the Jews could return to Israel after 70 years in captivity in Babylon, which that in itself was fulfillment of literally dozens upon dozens of scriptures, uh, one where God said that the Jews would be overthrown because of their disobedience to him, two, where he said he would preserve them and keep them, even though they were going through hardships, which is relevant to us today, because as we were talking about earlier, despite being in a, a global pandemic, a national pandemic, and uh, despite economic crisis, uh, we can all say, yeah, there are ways that God has continued to bless us uh, during these hard times. Uh, so this proclamation was made by Cyrus, and it was a fulfillment uh, of scripture. And then because of this proclamation, uh, 40 to 50,000 Jewish people returned back to Israel. Now, many of them stayed in Babylon, or what was now the Medo persian Empire, because they had lives there, they had businesses there, they had homes there, uh, just as God had said uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. And if you're reading through the daily Bible with us, we're in uh, the, the part of Jeremiah where God is proclaiming, hey, this is about to happen. This, this where their take, Israelites are taking captivity is about to happen. And because he was preaching that truth, he was beaten, he was jailed. People didn't want to hear it because uh, they didn't want to believe that how could God allow that to happen to us. Uh, but as he was preaching this truth, um, and this is where we are in, in, as in our daily reading. Uh, so 40,000, 50,000 returned. They set up camp, and they were supposed to do one thing, rebuild the temple. But as we're about to read, they got kind of busy doing other things, doing life. Some of them started returning to the ways of the things that got them in trouble in the first place. And when they did, God said, hey, hey, don't forget why you are here. Regardless of what's going on, you're here for one reason, to be the nation of Israel. You're supposed to be a beacon so that when the world looks to see what's it like to be in relationship with God, they can look at you. That's why I brought you back. You had a 70-year Time out, got a little bit of a spanking because you disobeyed, but now it's time to get back to work, to doing what God has called you to do. This is kind of relevant because this is where a lot of the, the churches are now, right? A lot of them were, were thrown in disarray because of the pandemic and do we meet online, do we not meet online, do we meet outdoors, do we not meet outdoors, do we meet inside and mask and, and, and hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff. And despite all that disarray, God's like, hey, you guys, the church, you still have a mission. You're still supposed to be the church. 
Right? So if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Ezra chapter, I think we're in 6, chapter 6. And in Ezra chapter 6, this is after uh, there had been so many delays. We talked about last week how the government had tried to delay all the things uh, that the Jewish people were doing to rebuild the temple, and some of the governments were favorable, some of the governments were not. Kind of like what we see around our nation today. Some of the governments are favorable to the church and like, yeah, we got a pandemic. You guys can still meet, but use restrictions, use caution, blah, blah, blah. Some of the governments are not. And they're like, I don't care if, if, if the, 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 the casinos are still open, the racetrack is still open, churches cannot meet. You can't meet outdoors. You can't meet indoors. You can't meet in homes. You cannot sing. You cannot meet. Right? So this is, this is what they were dealing with. But this is what we find in, in uh, chapter 6, verse 13. After they had sent a letter to King Darius, and he said, hey, I'm going to be one of the government administrations that says, yes, go ahead, finish doing what God has called you to do, because that's, that's what you're there to do. In verse 13, it says this. Then because of the decree King Darius had sent, Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, that's what the area was called now, and Shethar Bozane and their associates carried it out with diligence. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and to prosper. Underline that word prosper in your Bible. They didn't just build a temple. They prospered as a people. And here's why. It was under the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, a descendant of Edom. Now, Haggai and Zechariah both were prophets during this time. So I love this because it shows, one, that the Bible is not just, you know, some random books because all of these books speak to the same thing. And you don't have to turn there. I think a few years ago we walked through the book of Haggai, but I want to show you why they prospered under Haggai. Here's, here's some of the things that Haggai had to come up and to preach to the people. So uh, in the book of Haggai chapter 1, it says this, in the second year of King Darius, so we know we're in the same time frame, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. So Haggai's there with them, and God speaks to Haggai and says, hey, you need to go have a conversation with the governor, their ruling government over Judah, and with the high priest. And here's what he said to them. He said, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? In other words, they had gotten back, right? And, and, and it took some time. They had to put people in homes. They had to rebuild the homes because all of the homes had been destroyed, decimated, burned to the ground, temple had been burned, all that stuff. But then they got so focused on building their own homes, they were like, well, I'm going to put a deck on my home, and I'm going to put in, you know, one of those water tanks that's like this big, that it doesn't take up all that kind of room, and I'm going to have two showers, right? One on this side of the toilet, one on that side of the toilet. I'm going to have a big, giant deck. And so Haggai comes and says, hey, you guys are so busy focused on building your homes that you forget why you were sent back here. You were sent back here to rebuild the temple. You were sent back here to start worshiping God. You were sent back here so that the world, again, they don't want to see what kind of homes you have. They want to see the kind of God you serve. Right? And then uh, that was Haggai. Now, here's what Zechariah, 
In Zechariah chapter 1, it says this, In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, so the same Zechariah we just read about. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And, 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 and this isn't the focus, but it's, it, it's a good chunk of what Zechariah preaches to the people. He goes to the people and he says, hey, 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 we're focusing on other things, your homes, your neighborhood, your community, your this, your that, and we're losing sight of God. Don't forget how we got in this mess in the first place. Our ancestors got this way because they got so focused on everything else that they were disobedient to God. That's what got us in trouble. It's like when you, you, you have a child and, and, and they do something wrong and you have to discipline them, whether it's a spanking, whether it's a timeout, whether it's taking away their phone, whatever it is, and then you hand it back to them and they go and they start doing the exact same thing that got them into trouble in the first place. And you're like, whoa, 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 don't forget why you got this taken away, why you got in timeout, why you got punished, why Israel was in a 70-year timeout. It's because they turned away from God. And Zechariah's like, hey, our ancestors did this. We had to deal with the consequences of it. Let's not go through that again. So jumping back. So they finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And the temple was completed on the third day of the month Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. So it took him about four years. Verse 16 says this, Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, the rest of the exiles, they celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. That's the way every Sunday celebration should be. It should be filled with joy. Verse 17, for the dedication of this house, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 male lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, one for each of the tribes of Israel. They installed the priests in their divisions, Levites in their groups for the service of God in Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. They got back to worshiping God, right? They got back to doing what they were supposed to do. Then in verse 19, it says this, excuse me, on the 14th day of the first month, they celebrated the Passover for 70 years. They had not been able to celebrate the Passover at the temple like they did now. The priests and the Levites had purified themselves, were all ceremonial clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, for their brothers, the priests, for themselves. But pay attention to this. So the Israelites who had returned from the exile aided together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord God of Israel. And the indication is that some of the people did not separate themselves. Some of the people continued to do what the surrounding people did, which is why you had to have priests come in and, and, and teachers come in and prophets come in and say, hey, let's not go down this road again. Some of you guys are, are, are straying. You're starting to focus on the culture again. You're starting to do the things that got us in trouble. You're starting to stray away from God. But then verse 22 says this, for seven days they celebrated with joy the Feast of Unleavened Bread because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria so that he assisted them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. This is one of the main reasons me personally, this is me, 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 me personally, 
why I keep saying we need to be in prayer. Because there is not a single person or government on the planet that can override God's destiny and will for his people and for the church. So even though there are congregations that are being told, you can't sing, you can't do this, you can't do that, we have a God that says, yes, you can. Which is why we should be seeking him. And I know elections are coming up and people are hoping that if we get the right person in office, things will change. Uh, but this is not, a, this is not a, a man thing. This is a God thing. This is God's will for his people. And, 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 and I'm trying to, trying to stay on track without, without going in, off, off the deep end. All right, so verse, uh, chapter 7 says this. After these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes. Now, this is important. It's going to list all of this heritage for Ezra, and I'll show you why in a minute. After these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, who was the son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ehetab, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Meriah, the son of Zariah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Buki, the son of Abishua, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra came up from Babylon. There's a reason why Ezra lists all of his lineage and he traces it back to Aaron the priest, because God had said, hey, uh, for a person to be the high priest, they need to be a descendant of Aaron. And not all of his descendants, only from the uh, uh, descendants of Eleazar. So Ezra lists his lineage as, hey, not only am I a priest, but then he says he, and he's speaking of himself in the third person, he was a teacher well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. See, here's the thing. There's a lot of uh, uh, pastors and preachers who, who, who preach and who share the word and they feel, teach a lot of feel-good messages, but they're not knowledgeable about the law. You don't have to know the Bible inside and out, but if you're not pointing people to God's word so that they can know God, then you're not doing what God has called us to do. And there had spent, again, this is why I brought up Jeremiah before, there had been preachers and priests and teachers who the whole time that God was saying, go tell my people that this is coming. The Babylonians are coming. They're going to get a hard spanking. It's going to go hard for them. But he also told Jeremiah, hey, tell them, just surrender, get taken into captivity, and you'll be fine. I will take care of you while you're in captivity. But there were other teachers who didn't know God's word. They were saying, that's not the God we serve. We don't serve a God of wrath. We serve a God of love. God loves us. He's going to take care of us. And so when the Babylonians came, they resisted, and there was a slaughter that was like untold of. This is why people need to know God's word. Jeremiah, when he was telling them, just surrender, they thought he was a traitor. They were like, you're betraying our nation, the nation of Israel. You're unpatriotic. You don't care about our government. You're a racist because you're telling us to give in to a whole other race of people. Anyone hear stuff like that or see it online today where people, that's what people are saying about one another. And especially those of us who sit and we speak God's word and say, hey, we're not in the book of Revelations. We're not at that point. But these are the birth pangs that uh, uh, 
The book of Matthew talks about when Jesus said, the end is drawing near. These are those types of things that we will see. And people laugh at us and they call us crazy. They say, oh, well, you know, you guys are crazy. You're the guys that stand on the corner with the street signs that say the end is near. No, we're the guys that stand in the church, read the word of God, and reveal his truth that say the end is near. Because that's what his word says. Right? And uh, uh, so, so this is what it says. The king had granted uh, to Ezra everything that he asked, for the hand of the Lord as God was on him. Some of the Israelites, including priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, temple servants, also came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. And I apologize. I should have did the math. I don't know exactly how much longer this was. It was several decades, somewhere between 20, 30, or 40 years later. The second group came down. Um, it might even be longer than that. Uh, came down after the first group. Verse 8 says this, Ezra arrived in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. He had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month. And here's, this is important. This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about. For the gracious hand of God was on him. And here's why it was on him. Because Ezra devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. God blessed him. God's gracious hand was upon him because he was devoted to saying, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down there and I'm going to teach this to God's people. Granted, it was only you know, part of the Old Testament at that time, but that's what he was committed to, to knowing what this said and communicating to the people, here is how we need to live out God's law. And it is extremely, extremely important. We talked about this last week that the people, especially now, see the people of God gathering, right? It's extremely important that people see, uh, whether we're meeting outdoors or indoors, whether we're live streaming, that they see the people of God still coming together. But it's also extremely important that they know that what's being taught by the people of God is the word of God. Not feel-good messages. No one needs that right now. We need God's truth. We need God's revelation. We need, I don't need someone to tell me, hey, Floyd, everything's going to be all right. Why? Just because it is, things always work themselves out. No one needs that right now. What we need is God's truth. Are things going to be all right? If you're right with God, no matter what happens, God's got you. No matter what the struggle is, God's got you. No matter what you're going through, God's got you. That's what people need, God's truth. But they also need to know that, yeah, things... Try to say this in a way that that, that doesn't get everyone mad at me. Things are not going to get better, right? I mean, even if we get on the other side of this pandemic, uh, the the, the possibility of, um, like, hey, we're just... the, The church is supposed to help make the world a better place... That ship has sailed. Now we're on the Titanic. The role of the church is to save as many people as possible before the end comes. That's the role of the church. We're not trying to make the world a better place. We're trying to share God's truth and save as many people as possible because the ship is going down. And again, people are going to say, Floyd, you're crazy. Things are going to get better. In your lifetimes, have things gotten better? No, some things get better. Overall, the world has become a darker place. We're not moving towards a utopia. We're moving towards God's plan for humanity, which unfortunately is going to include 
God's wrath. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but it's God's truth. And one of the things that, that, that just like in Ezra's day, Ezra said, I got to go down there. I got to start telling the people how to live for the Lord and revealing God's truth to them, teaching God's word to them. Because that's important today. So uh, I want to focus on that because it is extremely important today that people hear God's truth. Here's what, um, in the Gospel of John, this is what Jesus says, right? John chapter 8. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in me, this is the amplified version, abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings, live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. He said, if you, if you abide in his word, sorry, I went too far forward, abide in his word, hold to his teachings, his truth, not Floyd's truth, not, 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 not the, 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 a denominational truth, but the word of God's truth, that's going to set you free. Not only that, you're going to be one of the people who is able to follow after Jesus because you're living out his word. A lot of people today are like, I've been in church 30, 40 years, but I'm still not experiencing that truth. I'm still not free. That's because you're not living out God's word, and maybe they're not teaching God's truth. You need to go back and read this for yourself. Don't take my word for it that this is what the word of God says. Open it for yourselves. Read it for yourselves. And feel free to come up and say, hey, Pastor Floyd, you said yada, yada, yada. But this says yada, yada, yada. And I'll share a quick example for you here. She's not here. Oh, she is online. Heather is online watching. We're going to talk about her anyway. So a couple of years ago, right, when we were teaching through, we spent like seven months teaching through the book of Genesis. And uh, after one particular teaching, Heather came up to me. And uh, just, just for the sake of time, I won't get into the details of, 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 of what I said. But she said, I heard you say blah, blah, blah. But I heard another pastor Put it this way. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I went back, so I was like, I want to make sure I'm not, I'm not teaching something wrong. And it wasn't contradictory information, but it was a little bit different than what I said. And I went back, and I looked at what I had taught, and I looked through the Word of God, and I was like, God, show me some clarity on this. And, and actually, true, true story, found out that not that what I taught was wrong or what the pa- other pastor taught was wrong, but we both were a little off from what God's word said. And I was like, wow, that's amazing, because both of us had been teaching this for years, or probably still people teach it, totally not, not, not that we were teaching false or lies, just a little bit off. When we looked at it all in perspective, um, I don't know, Heather might have clicked off by now, but that's okay. But Here's the reality. Don't take my word for it. Don't take another pastor's word for it. Read the Bible for yourself. Uh, Here's what Paul wrote to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is one of the pastoral letters, and I said before, uh, we'll get to that down the road. He says this in chapter 4, in the presence of God. This is a charge. It's a command. It's like, you better do this. And he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing at his kingdom, I give you this charge. It's kind of like saying, hey, you better do this because God is watching, Christ is watching, Christ is going to judge you if you don't do this, and he's coming back soon, so make sure this happens. This is the charge he gives them to preach the word. Be prepared. 
in season and out of season. Correct people with the word of God. So if, you know, hey, hey, yeah, that's not quite right. This is actually what the word says. Rebuke people with the word of God. Thou shalt not, not because I say so, not because the culture says so, but because God says so. And encourage one another with the word of God. And here's the way that we're supposed to do it with great patience and with very careful instruction. This is the charge to pastors to make sure that what we're communicating to you, right, that we're taking the time, careful instruction to make sure that we are preaching the truth. And whether it be to say, hey, uh, this is what the world says, uh, that's not quite right because here's what the word of God says. Whether it be to, hey, we shouldn't be doing this because this is what the word of God says, or just to encourage the people of God, right? Then he goes on and he says this. He says, here's the reason why we're supposed to do this. Because the time will come, that time is now, we're in that time, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they're going to gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myth. We are at the time now. The word sound doctrine, it means teaching doctrinal truth, the Bible, without error, without making mistakes, spending the time to dig into God's word and make sure we understand it. But instead of that, just like in Jeremiah's day, people wanted to hear, hey, this is a God of love. This is a God who sent his son to die for me. This is a God who wants you to have everything that your hearts desire. This is a God that wants you to be rich. This is a God that won't allow you to get sick. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Right? And if you don't believe me, read through the book of Hebrews, that thing we call the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, where there are people who got sick, who got killed, who were poor, who were homeless, all for God. God called them to it, and he allowed them to do it. Yeah, we have a God who provides for us, but we're also living in a world full of sin. So we have got to preach the truth. And he said, but they won't want to hear that. They'll just want to hear whatever their ears uh, want to hear, whatever makes them feel good. And he says this, but you, Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And here's the thing, that word evangelist, it literally means bringer of good news. Yes, it, he, he says this specifically to Timothy, but it's actually the call on all of us. And I know that that, that whole word evangelism has gotten kind of like a, a bad name because it's been politicized, right? And people say, evangelicals, you're associated either with a political party or with hatred of, 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 of sexual things or, or all of that stuff. The word, it, it, it literally means someone who brings good news. That's it. Outside of the Bible, it had never been used before. It's a word that was created specifically for people, Christ followers, to share the good news. Because that's all we're supposed to do. That's what God expects us to do. That's what God commands us to do. But it's also what we have gotten away from. Right? So here's what Paul wrote. Now, this wasn't to a pastor specifically. This was to a church in Colossae. 
And Paul writes to the church in Colossae in, in Colossians chapter 3. He says, let the message of Christ, which the message of Christ, love one another. Love, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. I believe this so much that I'm, I'm going to die for you to, 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 to take this message to the world. Let that message of Christ, the gospel, dwell among you richly as you, we, the people of God, as we teach and admonish one another with wisdom and through psalms and through hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we're supposed to do it all in the name of Jesus. So we, the people of God, we're supposed to be teaching one another and equipping one another. Hey, did you know that it says this in the word of God? No, I hadn't read that yet. Wow, I didn't receive that understanding of it. And encouraging one another. We're supposed to be singing songs together like we did. Now, as you guys noticed, uh, uh, the praise team is here. Uh, and, and this is something that God's working in me because I, I, I'm still kind of like, okay, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't see why we're not back there when we had uh, like... Uh, Rob on the, on the keyboard over here and two guitar players and a bass player and a drummer. We had like three, four, or five vocalists across the front singing songs. And then we were reduced down to just one guitar player and a bass player. And today, just me and Rob. And yet, every time I read about when they celebrated, they brought out cymbals and trumpets and all this stuff because we're supposed to be celebrating God. And I, I like that. I wish, I mean, I, if I could, I would have like more people up here than out there with instruments and songs giving praise to God, giving him the glory that he's due because we're supposed to do that. And, and let me point this out because I know this is still one of those bones of contentions. It says singing psalms and hymns. That word hymn literally means a song of praise. Right? And not, if, if, depending on what denomination you are, they all have different hymn books. Some of the hymns that are in the Baptist book didn't make it into the Methodist book. Some of the ones in the Methodist book didn't make it into the Presbyterian book. So there is no biblical list of hymns. It's just a song of praise. And contemporary songs can be hymns if they're praising God. And any hymn can be a contemporary song if you sing it today. So there's no limit on what we're supposed to be singing. We're just supposed to be rejoicing in God and doing it all for his glory. And we're supposed to be celebrating and teaching God's word, even during a pandemic. So I'm going to close with this. It's imperative. Again, I said this before, that the world continue to see the church gathering. When the pandemic started and everything shut down and everyone was okay with it before we were all divided and everything shut down and churches shut down and, and restaurants shut down and nothing was open and, and, and there were like four cars on the road during rush hour because only a couple of people had to go to work back in like late March, early April. And then all the churches took their services online and the internet broke. There were Sundays where it just crashed Facebook, multi-trillion dollar company, crashed. Google crashed. YouTube crashed. They just couldn't handle it because pretty much every church on the planet was trying to get online. And the world took notice of that. They were like, wow, that's the church that did that. And now, I mean, there are some churches that are closed. There are some churches that are open. The churches that are online, very few people watching. The churches that are open, very few people showing up. Churches that are meeting outside, very few people there. And the world is like, where is the church? What happened to them? 
Did they all die because of COVID? Because they're nowhere around anymore. And at a time when the world needs the church more than ever, the world isn't seeing the church. But they also need to see, not just us gathering, they need to see us teaching and preaching the word of God, the truth of God's word, which is why we spend so much time going through the Bible, making sure, reading through the Bible, going through books of the Bible, even when we, uh, uh, instead of going through books of the Bible, when we're teaching topically about a specific topic, we'll make sure it's Bible-based, and we'll reference it back to, here's what the word of God says in this book, in this book, in this book, here's what it says on this topic, because it is so important. So I'm going to ask us to spend a, just a little bit of time in prayer. And we, 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 we want to continue to pray for the teachers. We want to continue to pray for the first responders. We want to pray for our government. But right now, I want us to pray for God's people and for the churches. God, we lift up all of the local congregations to you. We pray that you would impress it upon the people of God, the importance of the world seeing your people gather, whether it be in homes, whether it be outdoors, whether it be in parks, whether it be in parking lots, or whether it be online. The world needs to see your people gathered together, rejoicing, singing songs of praise, lifting you up, and giving you all the praise and the glory that you are due. But I also pray that when those people gather, that your word is taught, that your truth is revealed, the truth that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. The truth that uh, the only way that we can know and, and be in relationship with you is by accepting that he died for us to remove and pay the penalty for our sins. But also the truth that, yes, we have a God of love, but we also serve a God who is just and who is righteous and who is a God of wrath and cannot and will not tolerate the sins of humanity. God, we know that there are many people that don't want to hear it. But we pray that your truth is what they hear this morning. The truth that, as we read, the truth that can set them free, change their lives, make them whole, that can break bonds of addictions and bring hope and peace to, to people and to families and to marriages and to relationships and to communities. God, we pray that that truth is preached and proclaimed this morning. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Everyone said amen. 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 Listen, over the next couple of weeks, continue to pray for the schools. Continue to pray for the teachers. Um, Pray that Heather doesn't get mad at me for what I said about her. But uh, continue, to, continue to pray for our congregation, that, that we take seriously God's mandate, that we live out his word, and continue to pray for the churches, that we be the church, that we rejoice and celebrate when we can, whether it be online or in person, and that we teach and preach God's word. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. 
We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.